so went in, was a marketing major coming into college, and then my advisor lied to me and said I needed an art minor to be a marketing major. Wait, what? And I said, I can barely draw a stick figure. This is (laughs) not my forte. I'm going to switch. Welcome back to Finding Zeal. I'm Cohen. I'm here with Josh. And today's episode, we have a guest again. We have back ben, to the regularly Ben Hannock, uh, a good friend of mine. Oh, yeah. And uh, I met him like two years back, but he was my prayer team trainer in Impact. And he's a, he's a stud, basically. He's, a, he's <laughs> a, a fellow at Grace and has done a lot of other cool things. Um, ben, you want to introduce yourself? Give yeah. us your stats. My stats. Uh, I'm Ben Hannock. I'm 6'5", weighing in right around 215. Uh, like Let's Cohen go. said, I'm a fellow at Grace Bible Church. I get to work with Creekside Youth, hanging out with mostly 7th and 8th graders, which they're hood rats, but I love them. I uh, graduated from A&M this past May. Whoop, whoop. Whoop. Uh, with a degree in nonprofit management. Oh, cool. So that was really fun. Don't plan on using my major ever. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, okay. But yeah, that's a little bit about me. Heck yeah. Um, fun, fun fact. Uh, I actually just ordered my Aggie ring this last week. So uh, Come on. And so actually, did I. Yeah, Josh did too. So I we're did. about to whoop. be cool like you've been. We'll, we'll be ring dunking together, hopefully. Yeah. Good. No. Ring Duncan, uh, some Alnerd Palmer. <laughs> I don't know. This I don't think you said that right. Some Arnie Palmies. Yeah. I'm going to Ring Duncan chocolate milk. That's going to be no. so hard. <laughs> I'm going to do it. It's going to feel terrible. I think I'll be the first one to ever do it in the chocolate The whole pitcher milk. of chocolate milk? Yep. Good for you. I'm going to die. Gonna throw <laughs> I just won't. For those of you who don't know, a Ring Dunk is basically just... You, when you get your Aggie ring, you have to drop in like this pitcher, 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 and usually chug some sort of liquid until you get to your ring. It's usually beer, but yeah. Cohen and I do not <laughs> like beer, yeah. so we're gonna be fake Respect. Aggies. <laughs> Dude, chocolate. Yeah, I I think chocolate milk's gonna be extremely hard. <laughs> it's gonna be terrible. I'll still be quicker than you. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> Anyways, um kind of off track but Ben uh it's a question that we ask everybody because on the podcast kind of like an icebreaker is what is your favorite cereal and how much milk do you put in it my favorite cereal is cinnamon toast crunch mm. and I fill my bowl all the way to the brim with Ooh, milk classic as much milk as possible mix it around yeah I like hot take I do enjoy soggy cereal oh <laughs> <laughs> We knew we were gonna get one of I you. Do. Eventually. I do enjoy soggy cereal. That's twenty five episodes in. Our first guest really? episode. No, well, uh, not soggy. We had a milk or er, a, a poor milk first. Milk before cereal. Uh, no. That yeah, is a, that is a red flag. The first person we had on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. crazy. I guess now that we have someone that's had soggy cereal, we should just end the podcast. First <laughs> we're done. Yeah. yeah, we've had all the. Different, different variations. Uh, yep. <laughs> wow. Why do you like soggy, soggy cereal? I don't. It's just a personal preference. <laughs> I like the milk, especially with cinnamon toast crunch, to yeah, absorb milk. all the cinnamon flavor, uh, so I can just drink as much milk as possible at the so end. So you like milk? 
only with cereal. Okay. I would never be caught drinking just a plain glass of milk. So one of my one of the, the my co-chair partner that I just met recently, he I went and hung out with him and he got a glass of milk and just started drinking it. No. I, <laughs> so actually I am a milk drinking supporter. I don't do it myself. But I support those but support people. people who do. <laughs> I'm not a hater. You're like but, an ally. But <laughs> <Yeah. the> mo- <laughs> I stand with them. But uh, a lot of people are hating on it recently. Everyone hates people I, who drink milk. You don't support. I do not. I think I grew up drinking a lot of milk. Yeah, with dinner it was always milk, lemonade, or water. Yeah, same. So it's like spaghetti and milk. Yeah. And I think I just outgrew <laughs> <Ew>. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely used to do that too. That's same so thing. weird. Anyways, uh, <laughs> random off topic thing. Sorry. Follow up question. It's a little different. Uh, <laughs> when you were, what's your earliest memory of like thinking about what you want to be when you grow up? Like when you're in elementary, did you have like, I want to be a firefighter or I want to be like, uh, what was it? Yeah. In <laughs> kindergarten, we had career day where we got to dress up what we wanted to be and then they <laughs> yeah. paraded us around the school. And I wanted to be a cowboy. I dressed up. I had the hat and the vest and everything. And if anyone knows me now, you know, I'm the farthest thing from a cowboy (laughs) (laughs) and have zero desire to live out in the middle of nowhere. Horses kind of scare me. I enjoy the city, but yeah, kindergarten, I wanted to be a cowboy. That That's so funny. And you, uh, you're a College Station native, right? I am. I was born in Canada and then moved to College Station in like 2001 for my dad to work at A&M and then have been here ever since. Do you Dang. have dual citizenship? I do. No way. Oh, yes. that's that super double cool. double passport. If things fall apart here and go to Canada, which is <laughs> no not way. much better. But <laughs> That's so crazy. What does that like entitle you to? Anything different? Nope. Nope. <laughs> it just means when I cross the border, I can show my, going into Canada, show my Canadian passport, coming into America, show my American passport. Oh, that's cool. Dang. I don't know so if how, I can be president ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's how, funny. How often uh, have you been to Canada a lot or not really? Uh, we used to go every couple years. Last time I went was senior year of high school. Gotcha. And haven't been back since. Oh, that's wild. Is your, are your parents from Canada? My dad is. And so yeah. his whole family, my grandparents have some cousins and his extended family are all still up oh, there. Okay. Makes There's sense. some parts of Canada that are really beautiful that I've seen in like videos and pictures and stuff. No, it it is like a couple hundred miles from the border, and then just gets cold <laughs> and dark. <Yeah. laughs> For Canada being so close, I feel like I know nothing about Canada other yeah. than Banff. I know Ontario. like Toronto and like <laughs> yeah. What's the other big city? Ontario. Ontario. Yeah. Vancouver. That's Vancouver. Where, yeah, I was born Alberta. like 45 minutes outside of Vancouver. Okay. Cool. So West Coast yeah dang crazy well obviously you're not a cowboy so at what point did you start that change like in junior high high school what were you interested in uh doing yeah i have gone through the whole gauntlet of what i wanted to be there's a time where it's like i'm gonna be a chef i'm gonna be a veterinarian i'm gonna be an architect so all through high school the plan was architecture and then right around senior year when it's time to actually apply i was like i don't think i want to do that i have no (laughs) idea what i want to do yeah um i applied to a m in the business school not knowing that it was hard to get into i thought you just got into whatever major you applied for yeah Uh, 
and I was like, business is broad enough that I can find something to do. So went in, was a marketing major coming into college, and then my advisor lied to me and said I needed an art minor to be a marketing major. Wait, what? And I said, I can barely draw a stick figure. This is (laughs) not my forte. I'm going to switch switched to management and in the management department they had different tracks i was like nonprofit sounds super cool i like helping people it was during that kind of time in my life where i was thinking i wanted to do something more service related not yeah. fully felt a call to ministry yet uh, but i was like nonprofit sector in the business world is something that i'm really interested in and could be fun to learn more about yeah wait so your academic advisor lied to you and like you don't actually need an art minor to be. You a do not. I have several friends who are marketing majors, and I talked to them after I changed. And like, definitely not an art minor. You don't <laughs> need that. You don't even have to take an art class to be a marketing major. Uh, I met with her one time, and then she was no longer an advisor. And then I never met with an academic advisor again. Wait, what? She like <laughs> got kicked out or something? I think she had a baby. Oh, <laughs> and just left. <laughs> that's crazy that's that's so weird so do you think you would have stuck with marketing by any chance if or no 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 i really enjoyed my management classes now the accounting and finance classes not fun not fun at all definitely knew it was like not not for me i passed finance by 0.1 of a point dang that's huge that's on god thank you I, i don't know how much i passed physics electricity and magnetism but it might have been about that too. <laughs> physics That's 207 dude yeah above my head that, the, the worst class ever yeah i'm actually in, this semester i'm in another i'm in an electricity class wait, really e set 300 which you i didn't know, know that. that is but good for yeah. you i basically have to do all those same things again i'm like oh, oh gosh that's recall horrible. recall all these deep dark memories <laughs> <laughs> For those who are wondering what we're talking about, don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> you don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to know. Uh, so that's that's interesting. You went into um, nonprofit management, yes. right? Uh, do you think, like, what were some of your favorite classes from that? And do you think it was beneficial to take those? Yeah. I think my favorite class I ever took in college was called Strategic Philanthropy. Uh, and it was a really cool class. It's partnered with a national organization called the Philanthropy Lab. And so we had as a class about $32,000. Uh, and the students in the class, we functioned as an executive board uh, and got partnered with different local nonprofits uh, that we got to meet with, get to know their um, executive directors and the staff. Uh, and then from there, got to give out actual grants to wow. these nonprofits. That's so, cool. My group, we got partnered with OnRamp. Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah. Which is a really cool organization. That's by uh, Brian... Blake Jennings. Blake Jennings, yes. yes. Yeah. So got to know him through that, and we he's, were also partnered sick. with SARC, the Sexual Assault Resource Center. Yeah, okay, awesome. Um, and just got to know what they're doing and know their mission, uh, and then both of those organizations ended up getting funding from our class. Wow. So that That's was cool. just an example of... Man, we're learning things, and this is the practical application of yeah. these classes that I'm in that often just seem very theoretical and heady. Yeah. Uh, but get to actually see good being done. That's cool. That's super cool. Yeah. Uh, so you had to take 
like what kind of classes do you have to take for that major? You mentioned finance and accounting. Yeah, I took a lot of management classes. So classes like organizational behavior, business law, human resource management, and then more focused ones like strategic philanthropy, uh, nonprofit management, and understanding just all the laws that go into running a nonprofit, um, more human resource classes, and then my couple accounting classes and my one finance class. That's cool. Gotcha. So, uh, what kind of, so you mentioned like laws for running a nonprofit. So like this one thing I've wondered, so does nonprofit mean that the, like it doesn't profit any money like at all or like what's the situation? Yeah. People get confused. So they still bring in a lot of money. Like the big nonprofits still make a lot of money people donate they are able to pay their staff it just means at the end of the year end of their fiscal year their budget balances out to zero so they don't pay stocks pay dividends and dividends all of the money that they make goes back into the organization gotcha oh. so interesting <clears throat> so there's like no owner taking like a big like correct yeah they don't have million dollars or anything profit, like that just yeah to, couple of you know the sketchier ones they're <laughs> like ceos will make six figure salaries which if you're running a nonprofit and making six figures i have some questions yeah. but <laughs> i think i read some like article about like someone making six yeah. figures yeah. as a nonprofit ceo and i was like what the heck i don't Something's understand this at all it says nonprofit in the name yep <laughs> that's so interesting that's pretty interesting though that the like term just means that the budget balances out to zero at the yes, end yes, so you can do whatever the heck you want can you be negative that's bad i mean yeah. you're not yeah you could be you're not bringing you enough money negative, to operate negative. though or pay your people yeah yeah, yeah yeah but like if you're negative are you considered non-profit or is there another term that's like negative profit or something? i think you'd just be considered a bad non-profit <laughs> you're, just, <laughs> you're just down bad <laughs> yeah you're just hurting for yep. real <laughs> that's pretty uh, interesting so at what point did you, so you said you were thinking about going into nonprofit. Um, now you're doing something a little different. So what made you decide to not go into nonprofit and to do a two year program at Grace Bible Church? Yeah. Um, it was spring of my freshman year of college. I was going to church at Grace Anderson uh, and felt convicted because all of my friends who had just gotten to college station and just gotten to grace were already serving and plugged in in ways that i wasn't even though i'd been there for majority of my life uh, and so i started looking for areas to serve uh, i had a couple friends who were youth leaders uh, and they pointed me in that direction and i got uh, moved over to creekside because that's where they had openings i had never heard of grace creekside before at that point, they were still meeting in elementary school. Yeah. Uh, so started being a youth leader with seventh grade boys. And then that summer, after my freshman year of college, I worked at Pine Cove uh, at the Towers with second through fifth graders. Uh, and then I did Impact my sophomore year of college. Uh, and through those experiences, I really realized, like, this is what I love doing. I really enjoyed skiing too share the gospel with specifically students and young people uh, and getting to see just the life transformation that happens when you're following after Jesus. Uh, I just remember at camp, the, that was the very first time where I got to share the gospel with someone and see them 
move from death to life like in front of my eyes and that was one of the moments that I point back to I was like this is where I feel like the Lord's leading me uh and enjoyed impact and youth and I did camp all four summers of college I was like this is where I enjoy spending my time this is where I feel filled and equipped and how the Lord's designed me uh and I wanted to pursue full-time ministry uh, and I wanted to do a residency program like the fellows because in my mind I was like majority people their undergraduate degree is preparing them in some significant way for what they want to do post-grad I had a business degree wanted to go into ministry and so I wanted to take two years be equipped and trained uh, to better serve the kingdom and specifically with middle school and high school students uh, I get to be in a place where I feel known and loved where I've been for a really long time and have deep roots have really awesome relationships that I get to continue to build off of and so that's how the Lord opened the door to do fellows here at Grace for me. That's super cool. That's sick. Uh, what all is this being a fellow at Grace? So you're a fellow for youth yes. at Creekside. What does all that entail? Like you help with youth, but do you have like classes or like what other things do you have to go through as a, a fellow? Yeah. So I'm also a student at Dallas Theological Seminary Ooh. getting my master's in Wait, Christian no leadership, which if you'd asked me freshman year of college if I was getting a master's, the answer would have been a hard no. <laughs> but so Mondays are our class days. We have classes in the morning and the afternoon that are taught by people on staff at Grace. Um, and so that's really cool. Uh, get to just have more in-depth theological training of how to minister to people and have a deeper understanding and appreciation of the Bible. Uh, and then the rest of the week is filled with doing hands-on ministry, which I love the most and that's my favorite part uh so within creekside youth my main focus is junior high and so i currently run point on our sunday morning uh gatherings getting to get worship together plan sermon series i've gotten to teach multiple times which is one of my favorite things yeah and then the center point of our youth ministry is 979 which is our wednesday night small groups Uh, So prepping leaders with curriculum and content, teaching content to these students, planning the ridiculous youth group games um, (laughs) that involve just a lot of blindfolds and making them eat random things to (laughs) figure out what it is, Um, and planning our big events throughout the semester that we have. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's super cool. What do you think is, uh, what's like, coolest thing that you've learned or do you feel like that God has taught you through being a fellow at Grace so far? Yeah, I think specifically in my classes, we had a really cool conversation at the end of last fall. Uh, We had just gone over the difference between dispensationalism and covenant theology and it was a very just like intellectual conversation. Um, I don't know what but our professor it was actually taught by blake jennings oh, okay um, cool he just had to stop and the conversation was how does us knowing this now affect and change the way that we minister and love people uh, because 95 percent of christians don't know the difference between dispensationalism or covenant theology and they don't have that knowledge and that's so okay because it's not necessary for salvation but what does it look like to love people and still lead them and serve them 
uh, mm-hmm. without holding this knowledge that we have. And it's so easy to be prideful in mm-hmm. the knowledge and the things that we learn. But really, it's it's not from me. It's all from the Lord and a privilege to get to know these things. Uh, and that shouldn't change the way that right we view other people as lesser yeah. or a bottom tier Christian, which is not a thing because they don't have this knowledge. And so that, I think... Yeah was my favorite conversation in the classes that I've gotten to take. Yeah. That's awesome. For sure. Uh, <clears throat> that's one thing that I've kind of been thinking about recently. It's just, uh, trying to just kind of reflect in like on myself and just see that I think a big way that I could be like, uh, tempted, tempted by the devil. is just like in pridefulness of, you know, my head knowledge of what I know, uh, which is at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter at all. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I was thinking about that. Me and my, me and my youth guys were actually talking about that, uh, on Wednesday night because one of the guys is reading, uh, screw tape letters. Mm. One of my youth guys is for his like high school English class or Good something for, like that. That's cool. Him. Yeah. I was like, what the heck? We didn't <laughs> read anything like that. When I was in high school. <laughs> But uh, it was pretty cool. So we were we were just talking about that, and yeah, I think it's a a very very good point to yeah. bring up. Theology without love is just bad theology. Yeah, um, you have. It's the whole point is to love people better and to move towards them and point them to Jesus. Uh, it's not just about the knowledge and us knowing more things. Exactly. Uh, <clears throat> so you said you worked at camp for four summers. Yes. What was that? What was that like in a nutshell? <laughs> uh, insanity. In one word, it was transforming uh, just in a way and in such a short period of time that I never experienced before. I didn't grow up going to camp. Yeah. Uh, I'm from a bigger family, and so it was just too expensive to be able to send everybody yeah, camp there. Camp is expensive. It is. Um, <laughs> And so I applied. I had friends who went to Pine Cove, uh, a couple of people that I knew who had worked there. They're like, you should apply. Uh, and I remember driving in the very first time to orientation. I had just finished my freshman year of college, and I was so just overwhelmed. <laughs> Everyone's jumping and screaming and way too happy at <laughs> what I thought. Uh, and then after being there for the two weeks of orientation, fell in love with camp and what the Lord's doing there. Um, and just camp ministry, there's something about, even just for me as a staffer, being removed from the day-to-day pressures of life and not having your phone for five weeks, 10 weeks, however long you're there, uh, where you're just able to focus on what's important uh, and get to do it alongside 60 other people who are just super passionate about people coming to know Jesus and getting to have fun with these kids uh, and how everything that we do uh, from Activity classes to Bible study, theme nights is centered around the gospel uh, and reminding these kids, hey, we're here and we're able to have fun and do these things because of Jesus and what he did for us. And so I did two summers as a counselor. I thought, ah, maybe I'll be done. Uh, and then I got to go back for two more summers after that to be on leadership, which was just a huge privilege that I didn't think I'd get to do coming in my first summer. Uh, to get to help set culture and train up the next people to lead camp and lead these kids and love these kids. Uh, and it's going to be hard this summer, not going back. Yeah, Yeah, I'm sure that I, I remember you kind of said that one of your formative times for 
going into ministry was at camp yeah. when you shared the gospel and saw someone go from life to death. What? How do you death, death, life? Death. Oh gosh! <laughs> I hope they didn't go from life to death with my gospel presentation. Oh gosh! I'm glad y'all corrected me. That's so funny. <laughs> he just killed a kid right in front of me. Oh god. <laughs> um, but I was gonna say how how have you as someone going into ministry? How did you discern between the calling to go into ministry mm-hmm. versus just live out a day, daily life for the Lord, sharing the gospel in your own work field. You yeah. Know what I'm saying, yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, I think what it really was is it took a lot of prayer and a lot of asking questions too of other people. Um, and just having other people encourage me in that like, Hey, you seem really good at sharing the gospel and at being on stage and feel comfortable communicating scriptures uh, and the truth of scripture to people um, and being able to process that and think, man, I, how has the Lord created me? Um, because I think God is in his sovereignty and infinite wisdom creates us with desires and passions and things we really enjoy. Um, and we need to listen to those things and discern those things. And for me, it was sharing the gospel with students and creating programming and things for students to come and to feel safe and welcomed and known uh, and point them to Jesus. And that's, I think, how the Lord designed me. Uh, and how he didn't design me was to enjoy finance and business things. Uh, <laughs> it, it took trial and error and pushing through four years of the business school um, that had ups and downs. Uh, but it really took understanding who God has made me to be mm-hmm. uh, and being able to be encouraged in that and not fearful of trying new things. I remember the first time I got to speak in front of a large group of students uh, and share the gospel with them. I was terrified, um, just felt this burden. I was like, I don't want to say the wrong things. I want them to perceive me as cool or relatable or whatever uh, and just put a lot of pressure and focus on me uh but then got to do it uh and feeling like i stumbled through my talk uh but to see how the lord was magnified in that um and just to be encouraged by the students that listened uh, and people who were over me after that uh, was really affirming and reminded me man even wherever we're at whether you're doing vocational ministry or in the secular workplace uh, anytime we get to preach the gospel it's not us but the holy spirit inside mm-hmm. of us that's super cool that's definitely something i've wondered before just yeah like it it's it's hard to think i've thought about it too it's like you know I, i've heard like other like mentors of mine be like like in when i was coming in college i was like i don't know if i'm you know i should do ministry do yeah. like spend time doing ministry or like you know be an engineer or like you know i don't know what i'm trying to do and uh the guy that i was talking to is like well i think you're called to ministry either way it's just you know what avenue what it looks decide, like yeah you decide yep. to do it through but it's still yeah. a hard thing to try and figure out like you know if you feel like you're being called to you know doing ministry by working at a church or doing ministry by you know working at lockheed yeah, <laughs> yeah. i've had people who they're like, man, I had this one moment where I was at a retreat and I just heard the Lord tell me, you need to do ministry. Um, and that was just not me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It was more slowly, gradual over time of 
how do I enjoy spending my time? I enjoy it discipling my youth kids. I enjoy it by spending summers at camp and serving in impact and being a prayer teamer and a trainer there. Uh, I was like, these are the things where I want to spend my time and gradually saw, man, I think really this is where the Lord is leading me rather than with people who've had those amazing call to ministry moments. Yeah. Su- super cool. But that just wasn't my reality. Yeah. yeah. I Something that I feel like we try to iterate on this podcast is like the only way you're going to find what you want to do is by trying a try bunch it out. Of yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you're a good uh, example <laughs> of doing Appreciate that, it. talking about how you uh, wanted to go into architecture yeah. and then did business and tried marketing yep. and then did everything <laughs> like that. That is definitely what we encourage people yeah. to do because if you kind of just pick a path and stick on it, it's might not end up being exactly like what God is calling to you, calling you to do or honestly what interests you as well so exactly that's, that's super encouraging to yeah see that you definitely figured it out. Uh, college is not about finding out what you want to do it's about finding out what you don't want to do <laughs> oh <laughs> put that on a t-shirt oh man that's funny that's uh, a good quote uh, i had oh uh we had doug on remember he said that he found a, a piece of paper that he wrote on an elementary mm-hmm. saying that he's going to be a missionary when he grows up yep and so like from like he wrote that when he was in like fourth grade and he has like framed in his like wow. office or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. And he was a missionary for 27 years. Wow. So. Yeah. I'll frame my, I want to be a cowboy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the reminder of what didn't happen. Uh, uh, what, um, what kind of ministry are you hoping to go into youth ministry? Youth ministry, um, I think is the immediate future. I, for me, middle school and high school were really formative years mm-hmm. of really trying to figure yeah. out who, I am uh, in trying to figure out who God is and what does it mean to walk daily with the Lord uh, and struggle just a lot with placing identity in a lot of other things. Uh, and so to me, I really think this next generation of students are going to be the ones who change the world. They just have such a passion and a drive to see change happen and they're not complacent uh with where the world is and if i have the privilege of directing that just energy and excitement for kingdom work the unreached are going to be reached and the gospel is going to be proclaimed by these students and so i've just felt a calling to raise up the next generation of the church Um, i heard a quote one time that said the church is always one generation away from disappearing if we don't tell them about that Um, yeah wow and that's always just sat heavy with me and i've taken that personally to make sure that doesn't happen heck yeah that's awesome yeah that that's that's crazy to think about yeah that you know if just one generation doesn't it's just kind of the gospel yeah stagnant complacent yeah even if they are christian but they don't share the gospel you know it's just yeah to be over yep uh do you have any like so from your four years working at camp do you have any like specific stories or i know you shared the a little bit about the one story but any like funny stories or like just good memories from camp that uh, you really cherish gosh so so many um let's think (laughs) yeah you can you can think for a second (laughs) break for commercial break (laughs) (laughs) uh i think goofy story um oh gosh there's so many (laughs) there's so many (laughs) yeah Uh, i feel like every day when you're there for four summers is yeah a new adventure yeah um 
funniest word. <laughs> I just I kept a list of quotes that my campers would say. Yeah. Uh, like I said earlier, I was with second through fifth graders. Oh wow. Uh, which I was every year I went back. I was like, y'all are so small. Y'all are yeah. literally eight years old. Uh, and they would just say the most ridiculous things um, about life. Uh, yep. I asked one kid once, I was like, hey, when you, like, do you think you're going to go to heaven when you die? Uh, that was a question I asked all my kids. And he's like, well, first I need to learn how to knit. He's like, third grade. <laughs> <laughs> I said, what? He's like, so I can give God a blanket when I get there. I was like, okay, cool. cool. I guess um, he uh, thinks that a blanket is a requirement uh, to go to heaven. I don't know where he heard that. So got to correct some some wrong theology. Of the <laughs> um, but just campers would say the most ridiculous things. They would make up their own jokes, um, and you just get a laugh ridiculously with them, um, and just to see the joy on their face, um, and just cool moment. Cool. Uh, I got to work at. The ropes course my first two summers i did worked at the rock wall uh, we call it the pinnacle and um, i was there five days a week for 16 weeks of my life over the course of two summers <laughs> yeah. um and just got to see how the lord uses something so simple as kids climbing up a rock wall for students to come to know him uh got to walk kids to a deeper understanding of the gospel and faith and what that means when you're stuck on the rock wall and you're scared and you don't know where your, your next step's going to come. The person belaying you has this view of the entire rock wall and they see everything and they see the path that is laid out for you. Um, and that's what God does for us. He has this path laid out for us. And when we can't see the next step, it's an act of faith to listen to him. Um, and just how, man, you can share the gospel in everything yeah. and just learning that and being able to experience that through a rock wall was really really cool that's awesome yeah one of the cooler things that i remember from working at camp is uh like you said like no matter what activity class we would come up with some sort of way to share the gospel through that activity yep. class whether it's like gaga ball or like the colossus or you know whatever yeah uh <laughs> and so I just feel like that's really good just practical application that applies to just life in general. Like, you know, how does, how can we, you know, use our podcast and conversation to tie back to the gospel? How can we, you know, use the fact that I had six couches sitting in my living room <laughs> to tie back to the gospel, you know, like, yeah, uh, that's like practical stuff that is good for real just normal college, just day to day life of meeting people. <laughs> yeah. That was just something cool about camp is, it's about the students and the campers there, but our full-time staff and leadership just cared so much about my personal development and my own walk with the Lord. Uh, and they came alongside me and really equipped me with tools of how to talk kids through the gospel and what does that mean and how to answer their questions when they were the same questions that I was asking uh, yeah. and trying to figure out how to answer those for them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think some kind of gospel training is very essential for any Christian just because when you learn how to share it, you come to your own kind of conclusion of like your personal yeah. gospel. 
And like, that's why I think impact is super awesome. And like being a counselor and whatever way you can serve in that way, uh, in that ministry is super crucial because learning how to share the gospel and learning what the gospel is to you is like, I think how you can grow way closer to the Lord, which is the goal. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of times, uh, like sharing the gospel or like sharing your testimony is like, hopefully it's powerful to whoever you share it to you. But most of the time it is like super powerful and beneficial for yourself. Cause mm -hmm. it, like you're getting to verbalize and actually like take an actual step of faith that you're like, I, I believe this, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like I definitely remember the first time that I like shared the gospel or like attempted to share my testimony, even though I had no idea what a testimony <laughs> actually was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, well, Ben, uh, super great ha having you on the this podcast. Thanks uh, for having me. It's a yeah, really privilege. Thanks, Do you, thanks for coming um, on. One thing that I thought would be cool is if you'd be willing uh, to share like a quick version of the gospel for anybody listening. I would love to. Uh, so in the beginning, God created everything, and it was perfect, and it was good, and he was able to walk and dwell with his creation uh, but then sin entered the world and sin is anything that falls short of perfection and the goodness of God. And because of that, there was this separation between humankind and God. And we do all of these things and we try to be better and be enough uh, to, for God and to satisfy this emptiness that we all feel inside of us. But the reality is there is nothing that we can do in and of ourselves to enter into a right standing with God uh, but God, who is rich in mercy and love for us, did not want to stay separated from us. He desired a relationship with us and created us to be in relation with him. So he sent his son Jesus down to earth, who is fully God and fully man. He lived the perfect life that we never could. He always did what was right, never did what was wrong, uh, but was crucified on a cross for our sins, taking that punishment that we deserved. Uh, but three days later, he rose from the grave, conquering sin and death for all of eternity, providing a way for each and every one of us to enter into relationship with him, not by works, but only uh, by faith, by a profession of faith of Jesus. I recognize my need for a savior. I recognize that I can't save myself. And I believe that you are enough. Um, and in that moment, man, we are saved and we are brought into a relationship with God the Father that is secured for all of eternity. And there's nothing that we can do to lose that relationship. And now we get to walk with him daily and we're given new purpose and new identity. Uh, and as believers, we're called to go back out into the world and share this hope of the gospel that has been entrusted to us. Uh, and that's that's that. That's what life's about. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. That's I'll the... frat snap to that. <laughs> Well, Ben, clearly super passionate uh, about what you're doing in the gospel. And so thank you for coming on. Yeah. And thanks. sharing with everybody. That was, of course. That was super awesome. Uh, anyways, it's been Cohen. It's been Josh. And thank, thank you, you for, for listening, listening to Finding, Finding Zeal. Zeal.